Today I'd like to address the question, should the church ordain women? This question is typically handled in a couple ways that I think are actually really problematic for the consideration of this question. Um, I think it is the most pressing issue for the church today, so I think it's important that we carefully consider how to best address this question. So the first way that I think it's, it's wrongly handled is that this question is treated as a women's issue. The problem with that is that this is a gospel issue. And when we realize that it's a gospel issue, it then becomes a full church issue. But that's not how it's been typically handled. It's been treated as a kind of feminist issue, an issue that the left is particularly concerned with. And so a good number of Christians think that they can dismiss the question out of hand. What I think is important for us to know is that this is at the heart of the gospel. Now, it's not obvious to many people that this is at the heart of the gospel. And in, even in my own thinking and studying on this topic, it was B.T. Roberts that convinced me of this. B.T. Roberts was one of the principal founders of the Free Methodist Church, which was founded in 1860. And his whole lifetime, he was an advocate for women in ministry. Two years before he died in 1893, he wrote a book called Ordaining Women. And in this book, he displays a dizzying array of sources as he made his case for the ordination of women. He, he employed scripture and reason and tradition and experience to make his case. And, and scripture, though, was at the heart of his argument. And what he said was, what's, what's, what's foundationally at play here is the interpretation of scripture. And that Christians have for so long been misinterpreting scripture. He, he shows a kind of analog in the way in which Christians had considered the issue of slavery in the church. And he pointed out that scripture was used to support this institution. And now, as we look back in 1891 on the institution of slavery, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit of an embarrassment that we read scripture in that way. But he shows, she, he shows it to be the case that we've been wrong in our interpretations in the past. And we should at least be open to the possibility that we're wrong about our interpretation of Scripture on this issue. So what Roberts does is he takes on several different key passages in Scripture. He starts with the Old Testament, Genesis 1 through 3. He talks about the subjection of women to men post-fall. And he says that what this really is, is that this is a result of the fall. Why would we want to perpetuate the fall? He said that what Christ is doing is he's come to restore primitive law, or really to restore paradise. And so it is to undo that subjection of women to men. He takes on 1 Corinthians 14, 34 to 35, which is the favorite of people that think that this is clearly, um, that women's ordination is clearly anti-biblical. And he says what's peculiar about this text is that three chapters earlier in 1 Corinthians 11:5, 5, Paul clearly assumes that women are praying and prophesying in the church. Now, now B.T. Roberts gives several other examples on why 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35 have been misread, but I think that's a really helpful and instructive one that's easy to reference for people. He also, takes, he also addresses 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 12. He notes, in fact, that 1 Corinthians and the 1 Timothy text are really the only two of that kind in the New Testament. And so he wants to give them kind of the proportionate influence on our thinking about this that it deserves. And so in response uh, to the 1 Timothy text, is he says that the emphasis here is clearly on usurping authority. And he said when authority is duly given to women, they're not usurping it. So he has answers, he has different ways of interpreting these texts that, that, um, that, at, least, that at least shake the foundations of a clear interpretation against women's ordination. Now what Roberts does that I think is very helpful in any kind of interpretation of scripture, 
is he draws several different examples from the Old and the New Testament of ways in which women were in leadership. He cites the Apostle Paul as, as one of the prime um, figures that are giving, giving a voice to these different examples. And he cites how Paul in Romans 16 mentions Junia the Apostle and Phoebe the minister. He cites Priscilla and Aquila who were partners in ministry with Paul who helped the great preacher Apollos become an even greater preacher. Um, so so B.T. Roberts calls from a number of different uh, biblical sources to demonstrate the ways in which there were in fact women uh, in leadership in the early church. For Roberts though, the key text for thinking about all of this is Galatians 3.28. And he doesn't pick it as a kind of proof text, but rather this is a representative text that gives witness to the new community that Christ makes possible. And what he says is that this, this uh, declaration that in Christ uh, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male and female, we're all one in Christ, is, is the kind of um, symbolic representation of what the gospel means. So it was Roberts that convinced me that this is a gospel issue and not a women's issue. So all churches would, would do well to think very carefully about this issue rather than sideline it to a women's Bible study group for a topic to take on. The second way in which this has been wrongly approached is in the way in which um, it's been the Bible that's been proposed as the main obstacle to forbidding women from ordination. And I've already talked a little bit about that, but what I want to point out here is that the obstacle is not Scripture, and that this has actually been confirmed by the group that you would least suspect, and that is the Roman Catholic Church. So this is the largest group of Christians in the world with over one billion members. And in 1976, the Pontifical Biblical Commission that's the study group of the best scholars in the Catholic Church, did a study on this question of should women be ordained as priests. And they determined in a unanimous vote of 17 to 0 that no, women cannot be forbidden from the priesthood based on the New Testament witness alone. Then they took another vote on the full witness of Scripture, and they determined in a majority vote of 12 to 5 that you cannot forbid women from ordained ministry from the priesthood what this means then is for all of those Christians that think that it's scripture that keeps women from the priesthood, uh, this, this is a wrong-headed approach to the question. It's a conclusion that does not follow from the evidence. What the, what the Catholic Church helps us see in this is that this is a matter of tradition. And the tradition is specifically that because Jesus was male and because Jesus selected 12 males to be his disciples, all priests should therefore be male. And it's interesting to me that B.T. Roberts anticipates or even knew of this very analogy. And he says, but they were also all Jewish. Jesus was a Jew, as were the 12 disciples. Does this then mean that Gentiles can't be preachers and pastors? All of this to say, tradition is the most formidable obstacle to the ordination of women. And for Wesleyans and for Christians that take tradition seriously, it is a significant obstacle and one that requires careful consideration. So it is understandable why there would be some Christians that don't think that ordaining women is a good idea. But what we, what we must keep in mind is that scripture should not be used in the argument. Mm -hmm.